Corner. Good evening, King's pop-up um, supporters, supporters of the poetry the poetry show. And tonight we have two special guests on the Poetry Corner for King's pop-up show, and it is the Perla Negra and Adrian, better known as the Divas of Epiphany Log Talk. What's up, ladies? Hello. How are you? Well, well, we finally got you two together, <laughs> and not being able on to be on the poetry corner show where it's other poets uh king and myself have you ladies here so we could discuss you guys and everything you guys are doing with epiphany network and everything you guys are doing with your poetry and um the forming of this great chemistry that you guys have so uh the pearl negra i'll let you go first just give us some background of yourself and poetry and your journey to um, Epiphany, Epiphany Radio. Okay, well, um, as I said in my short bio, I started writing poetry, oh man, when I was really like a little girl, I think about maybe between the ages of 10 and 12, um, because I came from a very toxic household. Um, and the reason I started writing, it, I didn't really know anything about poetry. I just started writing um, about what was going on with me. Um, but I've always been very creative. So I started rhyming the words in what I was writing. And I realized this one particular thing, nobody could take from me. They couldn't mess with me about it because they was like, you know, that's just a child writing some scribble in her book. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I continued to do that throughout the years until I got pretty much grown. Um, but I stayed silent. I didn't have a voice. I didn't know, I didn't know my own voice until um, I had actually run back into For Real. Now, I've known For Real the poet. That's the CEO of Epiphany since I was 14. Um, and he kept inviting me, inviting me, inviting me, but because I was so withdrawn, I was like, nah, they ain't gonna like me. I ain't I ain't gonna fit in, you know. I'm I'm not I'm not falling in there. I was such a I was a terrible, horrible introvert. And he was like, Look, because he calls me Don. He said, Look, Don, you ain't gotta you don't have to say anything, just call in and listen. All right. So I called in and like the second week after I called in, he had me hosting. Like, I don't know nothing about that, you know? And he was like, just be yourself. Go on and, and, and follow the lead of the, of the host that's on there and you'll do just fine. And I have been hosting ever since. He actually hooked me up with my diva here, Ms. VIP. And it was supposed to just be a test run. Uh, um, you know, for me to co-host with her on the love zone. It's not titled that anymore. It's actually titled the erotic love zone now. <laughs> but um, we wind up having really, really good chemistry. And 
our relationship, our friendship just took off from there. And we've been like this ever since. <laughs> and the, the ratings went up on it, the, the callers, everything went up on it when we got together and did our thing. And um, then I got another show that they gave me called Poetry, uh, Poetic Therapy. And that's um, every other Saturday. Um, they also call me in on Tuesday nights for <laughs> hobby shows. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I'm kind of like the go-to co-host. If, so, if uh, another one can't, you know, if the regular co-host can't fit or can't make it that evening for the other shows. And it's just been great. Um, Epiphany is, is not only my poetry family, I feel like they are my soul tribe because, like I said, I have pretty much all my relationships, major part of my life um, have been toxic. But this is the one place that I can come where I am completely accepted for who I am and everything about me. And that that's pretty much it. That's great. That's great. <laughs> well, Adrian, you, you yeah. are uh, your partner. Mm -hmm. Those glowing words <laughs> the day that she met you. Tell us about yourself up until that point. Um, well, I have always been an introvert myself. And I started writing poetry about approximately nine years ago. I was a storyteller. Like, I would write stories and, and just hide them, you know. And um, someone had noticed my poetry and because um, at first I didn't really want to share it with anybody. And I was like, no, 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 go ahead and share it. So I, I shared it and I got a lot of positive feedback. And then I do believe Van Meadows, AKA Poetic, saw my piece and he said, hey, would you like to come in Epiphany? And I'm like, well, you know, he, and he explained everything to me. And, <laughs> and it seems like, Within, like Danielle said, within like a week or two, I was hosting. I'm thinking, wait a minute, he's like a velvet steamroll, you know what I mean? Just slide, you know. And um, then, not even a, a month or two later, he was like, "Hey, how would you like a co-host?" And we, like, like Danielle said, we just like the chemistry was amazing. And now everybody says I'm the sexy, sultry voice. I thought I was just mellow, but Danielle's the sultry or the sexy. <laughs> I'll be the sultry, I suspect. But, um, <laughs> but we've been going on ever since then, and it's, it's just been a blast. It really has. And, um, and like Danielle said, you know, we're a soul tribe. It's like, um, for real, like an extended family. We, could, we can call each other, each other up in the middle of the night and somebody will pick up. That's just how tight we all are. And that's why I say Epiphany's a family. It really is. But um, I just kept on writing poetry. I guess I guess the storytelling could wait till later. <laughs> but um, I find that the poetry is better than the stories. So that's it for me. No doubt. Um, I think that, like you said, uh, the Pearl Negro, when he said to you, oh, you're going to have a call. Because of you saying your past about being toxic, were you nervous at first? Like, I don't know if I'm gonna have chemistry with this person. Like, <laughs> I don't know this person. And Adrian, I know you're shaking your head because I'm quite sure at a certain age, 
Yes. You got your friends. You got people that you mm-hmm. got a niche with. You mm-hmm. don't want to cut into nobody. Mm-hmm. But definitely when someone else forces you to cut them. Exactly. <laughs> so, both of y'all, one of y'all at a time, explain the, 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 like you said, the initial apprehension. And then it was like, oh, mm-hmm. mesh. Explain that. Um, when we, when I got introduced to her, um, I was pretty much, cause she, she had already had experience in the studio and on radio. I had none. Okay. <laughs> All I knew was a phone number to call into and to just talk. Now I've always been a great conversationalist, but it has always been rejected because for some strange reason, for whatever spirit wanted me to learn, it was, I was just made to stay quiet a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that I didn't know anything. It's just that people just, for some reason, they just, I don't know what I did to somebody in a former life. <laughs> but honey, I've been paying, I paid my karmic debt. But um, she trained me. She took me in the studio and she showed me what I had to do. And, um, talk about nervousness i was telling her i said you know what um i don't know anything and she was like i got you i got you i'll show you everything and it just with her being as calm as she is because she gives off great energy um it just calmed me and it helped me ease into it and it's going on what five years now about that, yeah. About five years now, we've been we've been doing this thing at Epiphany, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing. Well, you said, <clears throat> you said the title is a love zone, but now it's called the erotic love zone. <laughs> erotic, er, erotic, erotic poetry. Mm-hmm. Explain to the layman myself, erotic poetry to how you told that line. Eva, you want to take this? Uh, you mean the explanation of eroticism and poetry? Explain to me what erotic poetry is first. Well, I yeah. Won't get, they might think it's sex talk. Right. Like exactly. This. Mainly, it's the use of metaphors in place of all the rawness that you know, all, you know, the slang that everybody may use in poetry. It's more, it's beautiful. It's subtle. It's, it's more in depth than regular poetry. And when um, it's a particular subject, it's, it makes you really think. And then it flows so much better than the regular poetry. And, um, and also the imagery, you know, when people speak, it's amazing. You can feel everything. And then in regular poetry, it's like, mm, I, heard it, I heard it all before. So, um, and then also, when you get someone that's talking sexy or mellow or however you want to call it, it's a real, it's a real different vibe. Am I right, Diva? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, eroticism is more... It plays more on your mental. Mm-hmm. And, um, most poets are um, into the word play without being so explicit and yeah. so raw. Um, when you learn to use 
metaphors. Um, it taps into that sapiosexual. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a turn on than just saying, you know, excuse me, y'all, but you know the word fuck and pussy and dick and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, how many times you gonna use those same words mm -hmm. in, in, in your pieces? Mm -hmm. Be creative and we are creatives. Okay. We are artists. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we have a very, very wide range as far as our vocabulary. First of all, I consider all of us intellectuals. Mm -hmm. okay. So we do, we have a vast range of vocabulary and we can grab words from anywhere and make it sound like it's the best thing in the world. And eroticism, <laughs> when you get into the metaphors, it's like, I'm gonna give you an example. You can have someone, you can put in your piece, you know, he walked past me and he stopped and he sniffed me and he said, your scent is intoxicating. That's erotic, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Because it can give you the visual of the woman, okay? And it gives you the visual of the man and you can also imagine her smell mm -hmm. must be great. Mm -hmm. All of that is eroticism and it starts yes. from up here and it just travels yes. down. You know? Exactly. I, that's, I love eroticism. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think as, as poets and I'm not going to say specializing in erotic poetry, but that's mm -hmm. the theme of one of you guys' shows that you have to captivate the listener and take, oh, take them on a journey. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, that comes along with not just wordplay, but the sound of your voice, the way you breathe, your breath control, your rhythm, all of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Creatives, man, we perform, and that's what we do. We give y'all a show, whether you can see us or not. No, it, yeah. it, it, I think it's very important that a lot of people, we, we sometimes get caught up in, um, not realizing that it's just, and I'm not just speaking of you, of just any creator. Mm -hmm. It's about the content, but along with the content, it has to have an entertainment element as well. Right. So you want to, exactly. you want to be able, that's like um, me and King have talked about sometimes the person that say erotic poetry and the theme don't be erotic poetry, and they'd be like, <laughs> it literally changes the whole mood of the. Yes, it does. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I definitely um, have been a big supporter of you guys. And this is why I really want you guys to come on because I think that, like I said, erotic poetry. Uh, people be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, sometimes I have apprehension because, <laughs> like uh, LaPro Negra said, words are power. Yes. You got smooth talkers. You know, you'll be like all, you know, steamy after they're done with their pee. <laughs> so, okay. King. Yeah. You ain't talking tonight? No, I was just letting you, you know, do what you no, do. No, they're here, they're here, man. No, I know. <laughs> I'm going back a little bit. Could so, I reiterate on, on something that you were saying, too? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, going back to what you were just talking about, about some people are apprehensive, um, it can be a little um, intimidating to mm -hmm. talk um, in erotic terms because a lot of people don't understand that it's not just 
sex talk. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Giving you ideas and visuals to play with that may stimulate you a certain way. You never know what turns a person on, okay? Mm -hmm. It could be a smell, it could be a color, yes. it could be um, the wind, the way it, it caresses your skin, it could be fall of her hair across her shoulder, it could be, you know, the way his clothes hang on him. You know, mm -hmm. we can turn our own selves on, okay? Depending on how you feel about yourself. So it's it's everything. Eroticism is in everything. It isn't just mm -hmm. sex talk. And that's right. why I think a lot of people are apprehensive about it. And that's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Before y'all start, uh, y'all gonna give us some poetry. But I want to ask you guys a crazy question. You, okay. ever, you, you ever had any any crazy supporters? And I heard y'all spit a piece, and now they extra trying to find out who you are. Uh, <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would be my diva. Yep. <laughs> I have this section of my my uh, social media that I call the block party. Okay. Because I have all kinds of things coming in my inbox, men and women, okay, saying, I'm not even going to say some of the stuff that he said to me. Um, and I've had <laughs> poets that you guys know of um, proposition me on the air, okay, and it kind of it threw me off. Um, and my inbox is just is 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 bananas. Okay, so yeah, um, I've had to block some of those poets and break contact with them because I'm like, you know what? When I, another thing, when I first came to Epiphany, David Mott <laughs> was listening to my poems, and I started out with erotic poetry but i'm a storyteller as well i don't just get into you know and always smell this way i start from like you know it's been a it was a long day and he came home from work and i was in the kitchen cooking i give you a build-up and um these people <laughs> it just it, david mott would say things like you know you gonna have all kinds of strange niggas in your inbox talking about I miss you and you don't even know. And he was not lying. I laughed at it then, but it ain't funny now. <laughs> it ain't funny because he I, wasn't I, lying. I would, I, I would assume, I would assume that that would be, you know, not only not only offensive, but even even as a woman who know the power of words. And Dennis, like, <laughs> you coming at me, and you don't even, you can't even exercise my brain. Like you said, Lapro negative, sapiosexual. Like mm -hmm. you can't even hold a, hold a good conversation, let alone coming mm -hmm. inappropriate. Like, and it, and, it, and it makes you want to mm -hmm. get the, uh, the messenger definitely on Facebook. It makes you want to it. like, yeah. crazy, unsolicited <laughs> pictures and videos and phone calls and I'm like ah, I can't even answer certain things if I'm in public because I never know what I'm going to get Ooh, wow yeah. Yeah. So, so before I just got one more question 
because King is not asking any questions. King is being quiet right now. Right. Um, if you guys could do anything with Epiphany, and, and, and not in a bad way, but like just get more people to listen, get more people to understand what's going on, get more people to understand the vision of you guys' art. What would it be like? How how would you like you stop everybody and be like, you got to listen today? What would you do? What would you do? If you change something right now. Hmm. Wouldn't so much change anything, but I would um, advertise more. I would promote more, more so. I'm I'm a talker. People like talking to me, and I talk that shit. <laughs> okay, I like to make people laugh. And they usually find that um, they're drawn to me with that. <laughs> so I would like emphasize on that more so than anything else. But other than that, I think Epiphany is great. You know, we have our good weeks, we have our bad weeks. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. You can't always be up. So, you know, that's pretty much it. Adrian, yes. King, go ahead. Exactly. Okay. Do you think? No, I'm just trying to get a train of thought. Do you think some people are scared to go in that lane of writing, uh, whether it's erotic poetry or sensual? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Why do you think that? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they might feel like they open themselves up or something, or like. Diva, you want to take it? Because you know how I am. I, I'll keep on. <laughs> go ahead. Well, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I think some just don't know how to be sensual. Okay. Some don't know how to use the metaphors and. Um, they don't know how, like, for instance, they can be good at one genre and, and strong in that genre and then try to come over on another one and totally flop. And so you have to really make sure before you come to something that's not your forte, study it, listen. You know what I'm saying? So that's probably why people are a little, you know, a little intimidated or however. But, um, but like, um, if you will, we're not just erotic writers. We're not, we're not just erotic poets. You know, we have our range, but we're good where we are. We're great where we are. But then once in a while you get a good prompt or you get a, a good topic and you can go anywhere you want to. But not all can do that. So that's it. Yeah, I had the, um, the pearl. It, it's it's for one it can be very very intimidating for people to um put themselves out there um when you're an artist uh some people are not prepared for <laughs> criticism or opinions or judgment um and they know that they're going to get mm-hmm. this, so they Absolutely. stay kind of withdrawn and fall back. Um, and when they finally get out there, um, they have expectations. 
This is why I don't build up my expectations about anything. It's like if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. It's not going. I'll never put my pen down. But um, it's, it's, it can be almost. Um, it can be. It can. The fear of putting yourself out here can can make you freeze up and never put yourself out there. Okay, because it, it isn't easy. Um, even if you're just. Even if you're not speaking, you're not spitting it, just writing it and letting someone read it, you still are subjecting yourself to criticism and judgment and opinion of others. And some people are not prepared to deal with that. They want a pretty little lie or Absolutely. under an umbrella of protection where people have always said, oh, you know, you did good, this and this and this and that. And we're not always good. It's it's going to always be somebody out there that really truly does not like what they heard or, you know, how we presented ourselves. Or <laughs> you have to you have you got let me tell you something. You got to have thick skin, and you got to understand them scars that you got on your skin is um. It, it there's room or more scars to be me okay you're going to get hurt you're going to feel some kind of mm -hmm. well you got to toughen up and that's that's pretty much it you know yeah. i know for me when i that's why i created the alter ego you know you got king or you got lord i mean lord just don't care he'll go any direction whatever it is king <laughs> yeah. is just gonna lay back and just you know more settled and uh essentially uh you know so but that's just me. I like to challenge my thing. But La Perla, it's something. It's amazing that you said that because you're a self-proclaimed introvert, and you stepped into a space that, because you're a co-host, you're inviting other people to come on. You know, people are seeing a side of you that that maybe you didn't even realize that you had. Right. And then right. being able, like you said, being able to accept criticism, give criticism, you know, um, as as King would say, getting other artists to, to really like get your pen sharp, like, you know, understanding, like, you know, you may like something, but it doesn't come off well to the listener. Right. And I, and I think that's, that's some very good advice you gave myself and other poets, myself and poets. Because a lot of times we we do tend to get comfortable in our comfort zone, and and don't want to accept the type of criticism that we really need to grow. Oh yeah, people get become complacent, um, and then that is when they really, really like when their eyes are opened or they get mm -hmm. knocked down off that high horse. They really, really they fall hard, harder than you would if you are expecting criticism. I always expect somebody to say something, someone to have an opinion, and I welcome it. That's why it don't damage me no more. It doesn't bother me anymore. What does may irk me a little bit is complete and total silence, no reaction whatsoever. Now I'm like, all right, I'm gonna come back here because y'all just ain't got nothing. Me. <laughs> you know, uh, you know it, it's a phrase that I always say about, and it's it's okay to be this way. Sometimes we could be a little dry. 
<laughs> and you be like, damn, you ain't giving me no reaction. Say something. Something yeah. cuss me out. Do something. Just... Yeah, make a noise. Breathe heavy or something. <laughs> and, uh, so, without further ado, I'm quite sure that um, you guys have some stuff. <laughs> I would like to hear, you know, I got the greatest seat in the house, so. Steven, you can go first, I guess. <laughs> Adrian, can you hear us? Can't hear her. I don't think she can hear us. I'm sorry, Q. You ready for us to recite something? Yeah. We got you on a delay for some reason, Adrian. We could, you could hear us a little, like 15 seconds later. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I'm going to start off with like a semi-conscious piece, okay? This is called... Mm-hmm. So. Hold on. I can, but I, um, there's there's a lot of feedback. There's a delay on your end. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it seems that way. But um, I can start it. This piece is called "I've Got So Much Trouble on My Mind." I've got so much trouble on my mind People are killing us Just for sport Roe versus Wade gets overturned People thinking they can tell women Children what to do In cases of rape, incest Or epopic pregnancy They cannot abort I got so much trouble on my mind Climate change is happening The universe is in heat People polluting in the oceans, trash in the street. Now there's a hole in the ozone. There's an outcry for Congress to do something. Using fossil fuels are at a all time high. They're non-renewable resources. We have to change. Only one or a few people can't do it. Alone, they can't. I got so much trouble on my mind. I can't sleep at night. People playing loud music, racing the cars up and down the road, tires squealing, people screaming, arguing. Hmm. Drugs are so easy to be found. Needles and condoms flood the streets. People overdosing daily. Sometimes it's too late when Narcan comes around. I got so much trouble on my mind. The homeless numbers increase every day. Coming to cars begging for change, they say. My granddaughter is so sad. Their lives are so hard. She wants to help them. And I tell her the United States keeps helping other countries, but can't take care of what's in their own backyard. I got so much trouble on my mind. What happened to unity? What happened? Black lives matter. All lives matter. But... Why are there still sundown neighborhoods? There needs to be more gun control, but it's not the guns, it's the people that use them. Racism is so blatant. Why the hate? The KKK might as well remove their hoods. We know who they are. I got so much trouble on my mind. Peace and quiet I need to find. 
I have to go within because the world isn't getting any better. But I am determined to win. And that's that piece. Diva. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, like that. Really, really like that. That was real good. All right. Got me wanting to do a political piece, but I'm I'm gonna do something um, to just uplift my sisters a little bit. This is called uh, "Black Woman We See You." <laughs> Black Queen, I found your crown. Where did you go? Have you turned the corner, leading to lost and turned away because they didn't acquiesce to? Your awareness. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me start over. <laughs> Black Queen, I found your crown. Where did you go? Have you turned the corner leading to loss and turned away because they didn't acquiesce once again to your demands for just the fairness and respect of the day? Head held down in shame because hand smacked by life had you believing your richness was to blame. Our first teacher, queen, look up and see. Your children are still waiting by the learning tree. Hold your head up and give me your hand. I am your sister. And I promise you, black woman, I will not let you fall if you start to trip when you go to take the stand. Black woman, where have you gone? Are you blindly still searching for love with a soul that can rectify from a spirit that forgives because it's all that you hold within. You are the direct connection to the creator, blessed and highly favored. You are love. So wipe off the, the mirror of your soul so you can see what we see and set yourself free, queen. Black woman, if you wanna know what we see when we look at you, we see how you natu you are naturally protective, like the gold poured over precious metals. We see, I'm sorry, yeah. We see your natural ability to calm, soothe, and heal us like the restorative properties in honey. We have clarity from your natural ability to make sense, like pristine waters of a flowing spring. And we see the strength you possess to endure the darkness and pressure from life, like a diamond. Shine on, queen. Sister, look at me and know that the true you is what we value and still see. The epitome of what Mother, Mother Earth herself embodies. You were meant to nurture this life with dignity, joy, and pride. Skin blessed in a thousand hues, brown skin, girl, you have no reason to hide. Because happiness is your birthright. We've needed you before we took our first breath into this earthly plane. Sister Soulful, Righteous Queen, the first lady of creative originality, our healer. Realize how vital you are to our existence. Black woman, we see you. So hold your head up high and grace us once again with your presence. And that's that piece. 
Thank you. All right. My alarm was going off. <laughs> so I hope y'all didn't get too much disruption in that. No, no, you, you were good. You were good. Okay. You were good. King? You quiet tonight? Oh, y'all ain't expecting this. They gonna spit pieces on that. Oh, you know I mean? oh, but I mean, I want I want them to get to the giddy. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you I, mean I love I you love my conscious pieces, but you know I'm, I'm there's some diversity with me. But I like to hear. So, uh, <laughs> lady, the, ladies, the floor is yours. Hey, Dave, it's your turn. Mm -hmm. Hi, um, this is a short piece called My Key of Love. I find it incredible that within one month I have smiled, blushed, and fell head over heels in the key of love with you. Whatever I sing, whatever I do, when we look into each other's eyes, my heart beats in the key of love with you. <laughs> my mama says I'm in trouble, but it's a good one. Real, transparent, and illicit. The laughter we share, the intimacy is amazing. We don't have to ask each other about the hows or the whys or what to do with it. You love me. I saw it in your eyes. I cried inside when I felt it. It came in the key of love. It came in the first hug we had. It came in the first sunrise we shared. It came in a peaceful groove. It came in an aura of blue. It came in the key of love with you. And that's that piece. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. I want to ask you guys a question. Do you, when, you, when you're writing, mm -hmm. then, you, then when you recite it, do you feel like sometimes writing mm -hmm. it hurts the way that you really want to recite it? Like you can say it in your head, and then you, before you, do you guys write everything that you every poem. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think the writing um, bother. I think my flow sometimes um, doesn't come out the way I want it to, and that messes with me. Um, I really haven't had any uh, bad critique, um, really, ever, but. I feel like sometimes I'm not good enough, okay? But I get a lot, a lot of positive feedback. And I, you know, we are our own worst enemies. We are our own worst critics, okay? We can't nobody tear us down like we tear ourselves down. We will pick ourselves apart, okay? And to the point where people don't see what we see. Um, but that that's pretty much it. Um, even though I do get a lot of positive feedback, I feel like there's always room for improvement. Always. Great. Okay. Okay. Just, I just wanted to know, because sometimes I know a lot of people 
I'll be writing it. As as King said, how does a poet get writer's block? How do you run out of? How do you not have nothing to say? So that's always interesting. That's why I asked the question. There is no such thing as writer's block. There's just things that we don't want to say. Mm. We don't want heard. But you never run out of things to say. You know why? Because you you always thinking. It don't matter what you're doing. You're always thinking. That's it. Yeah, my, my question, Kim, uh, when you're getting into those pieces, right, do you find a, a muse? Do I find get a into, muse? Yeah, when you, a muse. Oh. Like, uh, who inspired you to write that? Like, oh, if there's a prompt or something like that, like, you like, I yeah. like this piece. Do you think about somebody and be like, you know what, if that was uh, me, <laughs> in that picture, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I thought it was probably your definitely. Poets, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are many muses, and um, I agree. If it, you know what, it can come in any form. It can be an object, but most of the time, I find it's a person. That's what I, you know, um, if I'm in love with somebody, I write as a woman in love. If I'm, like, say, matriculating someplace, then I'll write about every subject and either like it or love it. Or if I'm feeling, uh, let's just say murderous, I'll kill you in a piece. So it's, it's, it's either a thing or it's a person. Am I right, Diva? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, um... My muse sometimes is me. It's my mind more so than anything because I have such a vivid imagination. Um, and a lot of mm -hmm. my, my, what, what um, inspires me is just things in life, period. I'm a, inside, I'm a hippie, okay? I am a tree hugger, believe me. Um, so a lot of things with nature inspires me the sound of the breeze blowing through the trees the the smell that's in the air the the water in the ocean um the way he walks it could be i mean just anything and i will pull out my pen and start writing anything it's no one particular thing life is my muse period that's what's up that's what's up hello Mm -hmm. you have any, do ladies have any other pieces to uh, recite? I got something. I don't know if I should do this, but I'm going <laughs> let it, let it, let it <laughs> All right, this is about to get a little bit racy, y'all. This is not my dirtiest. This ain't my no, wrong. No, just just but, go, go with the flow. All right, all right. This is actually a prompt that we got from the Get Down. Shout out to J. Robin Poetics. Okay. So, this is called If My Bed Could Talk. I've owned four beds in my life home, but I'll give you a story of one. My bed could talk. Mm. It would talk about nights of touching myself and tasting remnants of our mixture off of my fingers. 
shifting my body to the cooler side just to roll back over, allowing the warmth of that spot to falsify the warmth of his body from being impatient and longing for him to come home. Because of his promises in the dark kept at daytime rituals of eye contact, passion contained soft kisses and gentle brushes of skin. Mm. How I'd play till I come. My bed could talk. It would tell a secret it would tell of secret rendezvous of the nights of moonlight would have menage a trois with our bodies bare, he and I. How it would dance across my skin, highlighting spots of entrances within that only his lips and hands have already been. Renewing his nature to rise and revisit over and over again. It would talk of the overindulgence of levels of sense and the savoring flavors of tastes, of mouth-watering mouthfuls of sweet and sour releases and salty tears of passions, overwhelmments for that carnal lust fulfillment. Eye gazing, hard riding, cabin stabbing, ooh, the stories it would tell. Stories that held the secret formula of just how sloshy, how juicy, how wet an orifice can be made and get when properly stimulated by touching, kissing, sucking, deep-throating, swallowing, and fucking. My bed could talk. The stories told would be of beautiful, sweet nothings whispered in the ears, finger-licking and endless squirting, so divine. That's that piece. Woo! <laughs> Okay, you know, this was a prompt from your show, King and Queen's Quarters, and I, I thought y'all were calling it War. Or something I forget what it was, but anyway, this piece is a little. It's entitled "I Write Like I Speak," and it's always from my heart. I come direct, like my friends expect from the start. So it's easy for me to recite what I write. I write about love and heartbreak. Sometimes I write a conscious piece when the injustices of the world make me so mad I can't find peace. Most of my friends use the best metaphors and words of love so beautiful I want to swoon. And my heart fills with wishes that deep down I fear may never come true. So I let it all hang out in poetry. It never fails me. My words are so succinct you can't misconstrue. Even when I'm feeling amorous or murderous. My words are downright dangerous. Especially when I make your toes curl or make that rise in someone's Levi's. While violence is rearing its ugly head, I cannot help but write while tears hit the paper as I pray all will be all right. When I'm spiritual, 
the high I get. It makes me so happy I'm lyrical. As my friends say, I write like I speak. I may be direct, but I always come correct. And that's the end. Wow. I really I really appreciate you guys coming. Thank you guys for uh, joining, joining King's Pop-Up. Um, where could people find you guys? <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook as Danielle Cheney. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok as I'll Brighten Your Day. Uh, 69 and um, definitely on Epiphany Radio. I give a I give y'all the number. What's that? The dial-in number is 319-527-6300. Epiphany has a show every night of the week. Every night of the week. You can call at any time and be entertained and you can engage us at any time. Y'all come on through. We ain't gonna bite you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But my my the the nights that I'm on there, um, mostly I'm co-host with my, my diva, Miss VIP, every Wednesday night at nine in the erotic love zone, and every other Saturday on uh, Poetic Third. Diva. And I can be found on Facebook, um, as Adrian Shaw. Um, I. I don't have an Instagram. I, I may have a TikTok somewhere in the life, but I don't use it. <laughs> and like my diva said, um, I'm on Epiphany every Wednesday at 9 p.m. So uh, you come and join us. You'll have fun. That's it. Kenya, any final thoughts? Yeah, I want to thank you ladies for coming on tonight and expressing yourselves and bringing yourselves to everybody's attention. I want to thank, <laughs> thank you. The Let's Talk world out there for joining in tonight. And uh, set the stage for you, Cubs. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Just stay on. I want to say something to y'all. I appreciate you guys for joining the show. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, You never know what to expect. Never know what to expect of these young young ladies. And check check them out. And and stay out there in boxes. <laughs> please, that, please. I'm gonna I'm write about you. A poet will write about you. We'll see you on blast and a piece. Trust me. We'll see you guys. Peace, love, and poetry. <laughs> the Poetry Corner. The Poetry Corner.